Hello there, popping in before the episode just to uh, clear up a couple of nerd out timeline inconsistencies with the episode you're about to listen to. This was meant to be released after Nerd Out Main Show episode 52, which is recorded. It's pretty much ready to go. It's coming out on Friday. This was meant to come out after that, though, not before it. And that's why during the episode, we talk about how uh, the review of Dez on the main show, Nerd Out, is already out, which is not. It's out on Friday. So uh, that's just a little inconsistency with this episode. But aside from that, it's a normal one. I think it's a pretty fun episode. I hope you enjoy it. But just clearing that up, main show out on Friday and then consumed is sticking to Wednesday as well for the near future. It's going to be a lot of fun. Enjoy the episode. Well, dear listener, we record this show over the internet, and uh, we record our own separate lines on our separate computers, and then the editor re-edits them together. Um, In order to do that, though, uh, I need to send my audio over to Reese, and I do so through Google Drive, Uh, and I've just recently been wondering, why why is my Google Drive storage so full i delete these files and 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 the the space they take up isn't freed in my google drive and that's because i need to empty my trash so right now listeners i'm gonna empty my google drive trash to make room for my file of episode number 23 of nerd out consumed (laughs) you can't hear it but the trash was just empty That's right. Hello and welcome to Nerd Out Consumed, episode 23. We are back once again to talk about all of the various things that we have been consuming this week. By we, I mean myself, Sandro Felcher. And with me is, as always, Reese Parton. I'm here with the man who takes out the trash. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Hello. Uh, I can't think of anything cool to say off the back of that. No. <laughs> That was a good one. I like that. <laughs> ah, thank you. Thank you. Yes. Um, look, whenever I do some a bad intro on Oldie But A Goodie, I come over here and I do a good intro. <laughs> so, you know, there's always balance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like my one last time was good for comedy value, but it didn't take much effort. Like, I didn't think about it very much. I, th- I thought it was good. I mean, it was topical. It was. To, um, it was at the time. The news circulating. Yeah, that yeah. week. Yeah. But the 24-hour news cycle is long past now. <laughs> Oh, here's something. So, little peek behind the scenes. A couple of weeks ago, I can't remember what it was. Uh, we were discussing after we recorded one of the episodes. We'd like to stay on on the line and talk to each other. Mm. And uh, if you can hear my dog barking in the background, I apologise. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we were discussing, and I was on Facebook while we were talking, and I saw that there was a Mandalorian season two trailer released. <laughs> I watched it, and believe it or not, in the year 2020, I got rickrolled. <laughs> <laughs> you did. But since then, and this will be dated by the time this episode comes out, we have had a season two trailer for The Mandalorian come out. We have. Yes, yes, yes. And I, it looks okay. Like, I think I've just got to prefer it when the show comes. It wasn't the best trailer ever made, but it was, it was fun. Yeah, yeah. We talked about it on the last episode of Nerd Out, and basically, like, it was exactly what the first season teased. It's like, it's pretty much just confirming that... It's like the hunt for the Jedi, which I think is cool. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. And, um, but yeah, it is pretty much just what was set up. And I don't mind that. This show has twists and surprises. So it's, it's just, you love this already. Here's some more of Baby Yoda. Here's a bit of, um, 
you know, the Mandalorian. I bet you've forgotten his name. Oh, dear. Uh, the actor? No, 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 the character. I know character. Pedro Pascal. He's amazing. What is the character's name? I've forgotten it as well. Yeah. It was only said in one episode twice, I think, so it, it's okay. But, um, you know, we have your main characters. We're introducing a bit of a, a, a mystery with the appearance of maybe a Jedi, maybe not. I'm actually erring on the side mm. of not... There's rumours that there might be a Luke cameo, but I oh. very much doubt that. Yeah, I doubt that hugely. Uh, his name is Din Djarin. That's right, yeah. Something like that. I remember him saying Din Djarin now. I'll have to rewatch, but yes. Mm. But yeah, it's not... Like, they could have showed Moff Gideon and stuff like that. They didn't. They're deliberately downplaying the trailer, and I am absolutely okay with that. Mm. Because this show... I feel like the scale of the show in season one was larger than the trailers gave away. And I'm happy when they do that. It, they tease and entice you, but they don't, well, give it away, really. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, apparently, Ahsoka is confirmed to be in this season, so... Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's at least one Jedi, so that's cool. Yeah, and do we know who's playing her? I'm sure you do. Oh, yeah, it's Rosario, it's Rosario Dawson. Yeah. Rob and I have been pushing to play Ahsoka since, like, 2016. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we finally predicted something. Yay. Out of all of our rampant speculation over the last five years, mm. we finally predicted something. Mm. And on that note, which I think is actually a very good segue, mm. I had my hopes on Rosario Dawson playing She-Hulk. Yes. But it's been confirmed that Tatiana Maslany, best known to me for playing many characters on Orphan Black and being yes. one of the best actors in the whole damn world. She's amazing. But I wouldn't have gone for her. Like, I mean, I wouldn't have thought about her. I think she could play the role yeah. really well. I just hadn't thought of her. Yeah, I was I was thinking Alison Brie, cause, just because I think that, like, huh. the thing with She-Hulk is she does spend a lot of time as She-Hulk. She spends a lot of time uh, green and... <laughs> and uh, quite larger you know what i mean like quite mm-hmm. like like hulked out and it's okay you could say it cgi <laughs> cgi yes <laughs> and um and yeah that's why i was kind of picturing alison brie or rosario dawson mm. in that role because it's an interesting choice and i'm so on board for it because i'm a massive fan of her and like, like orphan black is like one of my favorite shows from the past like decade i think it was oh, yeah. phenomenal and obviously her many performances in that were phenomenal mm-hmm. it's yeah it's just it's just not what i would have gone for at all but i'm very very interested now to see how they pull this off because i'm sure they will oh yeah and she is the actor enough to do it too so yeah yeah definitely yeah De- definitely um yeah who is show running uh i can't, I can't remember I, th- I know it's someone pretty impressive I believe it's someone who worked on Brooklyn Nine-Nine, which is actually where people were um, kind of hoping it would be Stephanie Beatriz, who plays uh, Rosa. Mm-hmm. And I kind of was too, actually. I can see that, yeah. But, uh, you know, somebody working from Brooklyn Nine-Nine now working on this, it almost would have made sense if they did go for Stephanie, but obviously they haven't. Mm, yeah. Yeah. And it looks like, I didn't see who it was, but I read a headline that Miss Marvel has found the rest of the creative team. I know Mindy Kaling is uh, heading it up, but there are some mm-hmm. other people joining in. And I'm very excited about that too. Miss Marvel is a great character. Yeah, I think it's the directors of Bad Boys for Life, which I'm not. Yeah, But, <laughs> they, you, you know, Michael Bay was involved in that movie. So without him being involved, uh, <laughs> I'm sure they could make a good thing. Mm. <laughs> Well, hang on a sec. They've won an Oscar before, though. Oh, have they? 
I've just yeah, I've just found a headline. It says Miss Marvel finds directors in Pakistani Oscar winner Bad Boy Boys for Life filmmakers. Ah. So not only have they won an Oscar for something else they've done, they're also Pakistani, which is very relevant for the characters. That's great. That is good. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm having a look at their back catalogue now. And they did these films. Okay, cool. I did not know that. That is very cool. So maybe Michael Bay had more of an influence over that film than you thought he did. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. They're directing Beverly Hills Cop 3 as well, so that's also very cool. Okay. Hmm. Yeah. Okay, yeah, maybe Bad Boys for Life was... And look, look, I make fun of the Bad Boys franchise a lot because they're not good movies. Because they're Michael Bay movies, most of them. But there was some very good action sequences in that third one, so, you know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Say anything you want about Michael Bay and seriously say anything you want mm. he is one of the best at action sequences maybe not camera fi- handling while filming those because <laughs> somebody once said look there's an explosion over there shake the camera at it <laughs> yes. um, and that describes his filmmaking uh, but he's good at setting it up the set pieces he comes up with they're really good mm. yeah but yeah back to Tatiana mm. I think we we both agree that it, yeah it's not who he would have gone for but I'm very, very excited to see how they pull this off. And I really want to check out more stuff that she's done recently because I just saw that she's in Perry Mason, uh, the TV show. I think that's on Stan, maybe? Or Amazon. One of the two. Um, but she's in that, and uh, I wasn't interested in watching that. And now I am because uh, she's phenomenal. And unfortunately, outside of Orphan Black, hasn't really managed to break out. So I'm hoping that this um, pushes her further into the spotlight as well. Yeah, and it took her forever to be recognised. Like, you know, she should have won many more Emmys than the one she got for the show. <laughs> yeah. That's actually a first for this show where we did the news, by the way, I just realised. I think it is. I think it is, yeah. <laughs> but I wanted to mention that because that's technically something that I have uh, witnessed recently, mm. which is similar to... To consuming. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, then... I I shall ask that question. Yes. A question that, much like She-Hulk, <laughs> is a strong question. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a good segue. It's a green question. <laughs> it's a green question. The question's a lawyer. <laughs> a superhero lawyer who breaks the fourth wall. <laughs> This question is aware that it is a part of a podcast. <laughs> Deadpool wrote this question. The question is, Reese, what have you been consuming lately? Oh, I think I might stick on the theme of superheroes mm. and talk about the fact that uh, because you talked about Doom Patrol last time, I watched the next episode that I was up to, which is episode five of season one. Oh, yeah. I'm actually going to look up what it is because they've got great names for these episodes. They always always have patrol in them. Part four was Cult Patrol, and then mm-hmm. part five was Puppy? <laughs> Poor Patrol. Poor Patrol. <laughs> I love it. Uh, and it makes sense why, if you've seen the episode. But yeah, yes. I watched episode five because I've been meaning to get back into it, but so many things come up and life gets in the way every now and again. And I, I wanted to wait until I had some time to be able to watch a few in a row. Obviously, I only managed one this week, but I've got a bit more time coming up so i'll be able to watch some more and it's brilliant um as you found out because i think i kept it from you uh mark shepherd appears in the show <laughs> yes i had no idea he just pumped up and i mean yeah i messaged you 
pretty much immediately I went, what Mark Shepard's in this? It <laughs> yep. was great. It's great to see him again. Um, it was great to see him there. It feels like he's almost just playing Crowley from Supernatural, but that's not a problem. <laughs> yeah. Although I think he's allowed to swear a lot more in this than Supernatural. <laughs> I think the first word he said was the C-bar. <laughs> Probably. I think that was the first thing he said. Yeah, I think I'm here so. for it, but, you know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, um, that's what I've been watching recently, and I hope you don't mind. I know you have, too. <laughs> yes. Yes, I have. I have. I hope you don't mind me spoiling that from your list, because I think we may as well discuss what we've seen of the show. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, it, it's good. <laughs> so, in in a way, the first five episodes are a, a mini arc, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Like introducing the characters and a big threat, and then they've got to deal with the threat. And in the fifth episode, they deal with the immediate threat, but they've got the overrunning antagonists of the whole show. Yes. Still out there. Yeah, like the first two episodes felt like a two-parter, but like a two-part premiere yeah and then the third episode felt a little bit more of like an origin kind of expanding on that and then we get another two-parter directly after that as well which i think is good i like that the show is episodic um it's very much not monster of the week but weird supernatural uh (laughs) entity of the week yeah that they've got to go up against and that i think that does hurt the bingeable quality but i prefer that to a point because mm-hmm. uh this show is not dense but there's a lot going on uh, and a lot to pay attention to uh, and i think that a lot of the intricacies could be lost if i just sat down and watched four episodes in a row <laughs> yeah i think so i can agree with that but yeah this two-parter was pretty pretty excellent and very weird very very weird <laughs> yes the end of the world is nigh and it's brought a pond by a giant floating eye in the sky about which there is a um oh, what's the term like uh and oh, what is the term i've really forgotten the term town crier i guess oh yeah in that <laughs> as the end of the world is nigh there is a doomsday speaking cockroach <laughs> <laughs> he shows up in the first or maybe the second episode as well it's true <laughs> this cockroach is just constantly showing up and i want to know like who voices the cockroach because it sounded like Patton oswald to me it did a little bit yeah but it wasn't because i think i've tried looking it up but he's not it's not listed on his imdb that he's in this show so then i guess it's not yeah and i don't really want to look up doom patrol cockroach because that them there might be spoilers, but I really want to know who plays the cockroach. Yeah, and he and he might be a really important character too. <laughs> yeah, because that's the thing about this show. Weird. I mean, they help save the day by summoning a unicorn, who has got the hots for Timothy Dalton. So, <laughs> <laughs> the un- as like the like the great thing about this show compared to every other superhero <laughs> show, aside from maybe Harley yeah. Quinn, is that it just embraces the comic bookness like it's not yeah. trying to ground it in reality it's just being like this is what we do in the comics look at how weird it is now you can see it like in motion here's a floating y- unicorn head with a french accent <laughs> <laughs> it's great it's so good <laughs> yep it's brilliant i mean in many ways legends of tomorrow does it but it's almost in a more showboaty kind of way <laughs> Yeah, they get pretty weird 
at times. Yeah, they get weird, but I think this just makes it takes it so much more seriously. <laughs> yeah. Yes, this is what's happening, but this is part of the plot. You're just going to have to deal with it. Whereas I think Legends of Tomorrow winks at the camera about, look how weird we are. And I don't mind that. Legends of Tomorrow is fun, mm. fantastic, and I adore the cast. And they sell yeah. ridiculous moments very well. But yeah. the way this is presented is, yes, the world is saved by a dog having magical words tattooed on itself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like with Legends of Tomorrow, it's also quite gimmicky that show as well like which isn't an issue i'm fine with there being an entire episode of them as puppets like that's awesome that's great i love that but it is very (laughs) much like (laughs) it's very funny but it is it it, the whole show is very much like week to week we're gonna have a new thing to draw you in whereas like with doom patrol it's like the whole world is just strange (laughs) and yep we're just gonna throw weird things at you (laughs) yeah (laughs) <laughs> See what sticks, and pretty much all of it does. Yeah, so many moments I go, "What the hell am I watching?" In a, I love this sort of way, but this is so ridiculous. And I loved that for years these people have been part of a cult, and uh, their true calling comes when they're all in their seventies and eighties. So they start playing music and dancing in the street because it's finally happening. That was good as well. Yeah, I loved a lot of that. That was very funny. Mm. Which leads into. Not a criticism. This is not a criticism. This is an observation or a question. Mm -hmm. How old are these characters? How old are the Doom (laughs) Patrol? Because we see um, uh, Jane or a Mm -hmm. version of Jane. The best character on the show. I'm going to go out there and say that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, the actress is phenomenal and the character is so well written. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. The character is the 64 characters. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh so, so she's uh spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. She's in the seventies, I think, in a hospital yep. and recruits all these people to be in a cult. Mm-hmm. And that that cult is what happens in the modern day with them all coming out uh in their sixties, seventies, <laughs> potentially eighties. Yep. Yet she is fine. It's the same with uh, with the actress as well. It's the same with um, with Rita. Uh, None of them age. Yeah, like it makes sense that Brendan Fraser wouldn't age because he's a brain and a robot. It makes <laughs> sense that. Look, I just wanted to say thank you. She was kind enough to pick me up when I was just a you know a brain. <laughs> just a brain. He's great. He's so good. He's, he's wonderful. Um. It makes sense that Larry wouldn't age because he's covered in bandages. And I guess Timothy Dalton ages a little bit. They try to make him look younger in the flashbacks. A little bit, kind of. A little bit, yeah. So, yeah. Well, the thing is, I can excuse Rita because she's holding a form the whole time. Mm, Exactly. So she can be deliberately making herself look younger. In fact, she is. She wants to be when she was a movie star back in the... Yeah. 50s some something like that yeah yeah she's trying to be that glamorous and she is she's really beautiful <laughs> like when she's dressed up and dolled up in all the the wonderful period attire she makes it work so well um and the character just fits in there so she's trying to hold on to the past in that way so i can excuse that yeah because her superpower is transformation basically yes 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 definitely it's just kind of Jane, but then I guess 
maybe they will explain it. Like maybe one of the personalities is like a mortal or something. <laughs> yeah, maybe. And like I said, at the time, the scenes we were thinking of, although actually you're right, it had flashbacks to previous moments where it wasn't just a scene like reenacted by Mr. Nobody who's got massive amount of power. Yeah. Um, and he's the uh, unreliable narrator, <laughs> which I love. <laughs> And Freddy admits that to the audience because he breaks the fourth wall all the time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a great bit. That can't be the end of the world. I've only been in two episodes. <laughs> but yeah, there are some great scenes where everyone appeared in the scenes that he was talking about. So he could have been making it appear as an, an, an illusion. Yeah. But um, yeah, you're right. Jane was in most of the episode back in the 70s, though. So yeah, it kind of doesn't make sense at the moment. No. And they don't need to explain it. I mean,. Like, I'm totally fine with them just not explaining anything. I think that's yeah. fine. I mean, it's a superhero world where there are superpowers. Anti-aging, probably a minor thing. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And also, um, I forgot to mention this last week, but in episode three, again, spoilers, we will be spoiling this show as we work our way through the season, but they introduce <laughs> my favourite Doom Patrol villain from the comics, um, I think... Ooh. It was in New 52 they maybe reintroduced him. I'm not sure, but Animal Vegetable Mineral Man, uh, <laughs> yeah. the super villain Animal Vegetable Mineral Man makes an appearance, and I really hope he returns because I love that <laughs> character. Mm-hmm. So stupid. <laughs> so silly. So silly. <laughs> That's brilliant. Actually, I think he shows up in the um, in the Watchmen sequel, Doomsday Clock, as well, because that crossed over with um, with like the Justice League. And I think I think he's in it. I think he makes oh, an wow. appearance. That's actually pretty yeah. cool. <laughs> hmm. So yeah, we'll keep watching Doom Patrol. And... Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I was just going to say that's a little dive in so far. Five episodes in. Are there fifteen episodes? Uh, there are fifteen episodes. Yeah, that is a. Th- third so that's pretty cool yeah we may check in as we go along or we might do a catch up at the end of the season yeah for sure i say that because i can't confirm if i'll finish it at the same time as you but i'll try (laughs) yeah i don't know like i saw one episode this week you saw Mm. one as well no i saw two episodes this week rather so like maybe i don't know like two a week we'll see we'll see we'll see we will see indeed yes we'll wait and see and i'm going to take this opportunity to repay the favor Take my turn in court and ask the green, angry lawyer question of you. Um, what have you consumed recently, Sandro? Wow. Uh, wow. <laughs> that was great. I love that. I'm just bringing that joke back again. It was phenomenal. I rewatched Star Wars Episode 4, <gasps> A New Hope. Ah, the old one. <laughs> the, the old one. The first one. Uh, although some consider... Flash Jordan to be the first one. And to that I say, you're not wrong. And to that I say, what? Because <laughs> Star Wars was meant to be Flash Jordan. Yeah, yeah. For Flash Gordon, originally. Was it? Yeah, no, it was, wasn't it? Yeah. I think so. Yeah, George Lucas wanted to make Flash Gordon. And then there's also the whole fantasy story that it's based off as well. Who cares? It's good. <laughs> Yeah, I know. Stop, stop overthinking it, everyone. It's good. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't really rewatch stuff, but I rewatched episode four with some friends because they were like, uh, "Let's watch Star Wars," and I was like, "All right, 
yeah, let's watch the first one. Haven't seen it since probably episode eight came out, 2017. Oh, wow. Yeah. I think I went through the original trilogy and uh, Force Awakens to catch up for that one. Yeah, I think that was it. I think I've done this twice. I watch Rogue One and then I watch A New Hope. Yeah, while I was watching it, I went, I really should have done Rogue One first because I haven't done that yet and I want to see how they go together. They go really well. Actually, it's really good. Yeah, I'm sure they do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Um, I, I I just want to rewatch Rogue One as well because that's the great thing about like, like watching Episode Four is I haven't been down on on Star Wars recently. I've just been kind of <laughs> sick of it. Uh, I've just been doing a podcast with Rob, who has been down on it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, we're not like done with it. Just like, just I really want to watch Clone Wars season seven, but every time I go to watch it, I just remember episode nine and the tiring conversation around that yeah yeah and i'm just like i don't want to really go through this again yeah uh like one day i will rewatch the sequel trilogy maybe next year but i just i want to break from that i want to break from mm. that and the great thing about episode four is that yeah i went into it and went yeah i love this and it's well it's technically not a perfect movie there's many inconsistencies uh... but uh, to me... <laughs> what do you mean? It is perfect. <laughs> it is a perfect movie. <laughs> to me, yes, it is It yeah. is a perfect movie. And yeah, I, I loved it. Um, although I am bringing it up because I did watch the mm. latest special edition re-edit version, whatever, on Disney Plus because yeah. while I do have the original theatrical cut here at home... Have you got the VHS converted to DVD? <laughs> I've got the VHS for Empire and... Well, uh, Jedi, yes. Awesome. I don't, don't have the VHS for, for New Hope. I should get it. That was just me being snarky against purists, but that's actually pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I like, like, the problem is... I like HD. Whenever, well, there is that. That's why the despecialized editions exist that are in HD. Uh, and also don't have that oh, that awful scene with, 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 um, with Jabba. Oh. Oh, where he steps over Jabba's tail? Yeah. Where a cutout from one frame is manipulated to, quote-unquote, walk over his tail and then land on the other side. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like he's he, he's just walking behind him. But they re-edited yeah. it, so he's just suddenly up in the air and suddenly down again. <laughs> they literally just lift him up and then drop him again in the, in the space of, like, three frames. <laughs> it is so... It's ridiculous, but like, I get why they added that, and I'm, you know, I'm fine with it. But well, I don't get why they added that whole scene because that wasn't in the original. Yeah. Well, it, it, it was filmed to be in the original, wasn't it? It was, but deleted scenes are deleted scenes for a reason. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> There's probably another half of that film missing. And Chabo was like an Italian man at that point as well. Oh boy. So yeah, like yeah, like that's my issue with them is. It just takes me out of it too much whenever I see stuff yeah. like that, which is why I like the original cut because there's nothing that takes you out of the experience. I don't know. I did very much like the updated version of Han shoots first though, where Credo <laughs> says McClunky and then gets shot. Mm. Mm-hmm. It makes no sense. Mm-hmm. I don't know why it's in there. I like that it exists. <laughs> we don't know what McClunky means. It could have been a big insult, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> McClunky Culkin, am I right? 
Exactly, I was about to say it. I remember my little joke about his, him having a cameo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but anyway, it's a great movie. <laughs> it's really good. It is. And I've, I've got to be honest, people for years have criticized George Lucas's dialogue, and sometimes with exposition, it's not great at all, mm. uh, which is why the prequels are so slow. Yeah. <laughs> but I love lines like, you came in that thing, you're braver than I thought. Mm. I love that. And, you know, it could be down to Han Solo. I mean, sorry, Han Solo. Harrison Ford and Carrie Fisher just being amazing with each other and oh, yeah. having great chemistry on and off screen. But little lines like that are really great. Yeah, yeah, definitely agree. Another part of it as well, I think, is, well, speaking of the prequels, I think mm. Liam Neeson and Ewan McGregor constantly made that dialogue work. So I think it does depend on... Oh, yeah. Your performance abilities um, as well. Oh, the scenes between Obi-Wan and Padme, they're amazing. They are. Ewan McGregor is just one of the best actors ever, but yep. his heartbreak when he hears about the younglings and tells Padme and her cry, like, she made me cry watching a movie for the first time since watching watching the Lassie movie where Lassie falls over a waterfall. I saw that, and I just mm. love like, um, collie dogs. I think they're wonderful. And uh, my family has rescued collie dogs. Mm-hmm. Every dog we've owned since I was born has been a collie, and they've all been rescued, so we just love collies. Yeah. Yeah, it's good. Is that the Lassie film that we did on Holy Put a Goodie? <laughs> yeah, the one I've been meaning to defend oh, for a long time. Okay. That's why you're... <laughs> It's not a great movie. I remember but, uh, when we put that episode out, you messaged me and being like, that film wasn't that bad. I was like, oh, okay. Now it makes sense. I mean, it's not that bad, but it's it's okay. No, <laughs> but no, no, no. There are filmmaking problems and some of the characters are awkward. But at the time when I first saw that, I was, I would have been seven. Okay. And I just, I also knew because the film wasn't over yet and it's called Lassie. She's got to be fine. But it was so stressful thinking that a collie had died in a waterfall. Mm. I just started bawling my eyes out watching it. And so that was one of the first times I cried at a movie. And then Natalie Portman made me cry during Revenge of the Sith. Just, she's great. Yeah. Oh, there's so many like moments in Revenge of the, yeah. I, um, I had that as well the first time I saw Revenge of the Sith as well, which is, yeah, like, I do have a soft spot for that movie. I don't think it's a very well-made movie directing and filmmaking-wise because it's just people walking down corridors and then CGI fight sequences. Yeah. But... Too much of that, yeah. Yeah, but... But the performances are phenomenal. Mm. See, one thing, I know we're tangenting off the original Star Wars film, but something I respect about the prequels (laughs) is the world-building that went into it. He was trying to become political, trying to make it more interesting, and... Honestly, how does that work? Like, you know, Star Trek is all about the Federation, and we've just seen the six original Star Trek films. Mm. All the way through that, it's peace negotiations and stuff like that between Klingons, well, the Federation and the Klingons. So that's happened before, but I'm glad he was bringing it to Star Wars. Episode two is appallingly slow and just boring, (laughs) but (laughs) I appreciate what he did, and... Episode three is where the payoff of that comes in, and you have that wonderful line, um, this is how Liberty dies, with thunderous applause. That's just great. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. So it pays off there, but you could honestly edit probably half of Attack of the Clones out, still have exactly the same story, it would just feel quicker. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, yeah. with the prequels, 
I agree. I almost prefer that era of Star Wars as well. Oh yeah, I know I do. Like I love like Kotor and everything. Mm. If I was to write a Star Wars movie, first of all, I would have no idea where to begin or ha- <laughs> yeah. I do not have the <laughs> I'm not I'm not talented enough to write a Star Wars movie. But if I were to pick any era, it would be the prequel era cuz yeah, the world building that Lucas did is phenomenal i think yeah. the issue is that uh, and maybe it's what he is a creator lost during that era i know that he quickly ch- changed it with stuff like clone wars but like star wars was always collaborative and those prequels were very much not <laughs> collaborations yeah it was like it was all him but yeah everyone's called the teams that worked on it yes men as opposed to collaborators and i can kind of see that but in a way that's fine because it's at the time it was still his baby oh yeah i know it's owned by disney now and but like you know he's the director he's the writer let him do what he's gonna do yeah uh, definitely yeah and also people criticize them they still watched them they still packed cinemas filled with people and watched them (laughs) (laughs) exactly you're you're only a true fan if you you, you've gone and seen it five times and then hated it (laughs) (laughs) yeah But yeah, yeah, yeah. And also, like, I guess that's what the sequel trilogy needed as well, was a George Lucas type to be like, this is the story for the entire trilogy. Yeah. And not separate creators telling their own stories that don't really gel together Mm. in the final, like when you're looking back on it. They also need to be able to accept a bad review or two. Oh, yeah. Because the problem that happened with the sequel trilogy is how they responded to the fans. Just tell the story you were going to tell and don't release Solo not long after The Last Jedi just because some people didn't like it. It still made over a billion dollars in the box office. It's an incredibly successful film. Mm. And those of us who do like it, do like it. I think it's the most nuanced Star Wars film and I appreciate nuance and and stories that mirror each other and Honestly, Star Wars has always done that because light and dark side is a great way to mirror each other. And you can see hypocrisy in the Jedi that the Sith call out as well. Um, You see that all the way through it, but I feel like there's more of that in The Last Jedi. Yeah, yeah. But because a lot of people complained about it and the negative stuff trended, despite the fact that it's ultimately a very successful film, they thought, oh dear, that could be bad for our brand. We'll release Solo a few months afterwards which was the most damaging thing they did, I think. Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. With, like, that's something that we're seeing with a lot. I mean, it happened with Warner Brothers and pretty much every oh, movie they've yeah. released after uh, mm. after the BVS has been very much impacted by the press. Yeah, I, it's like, think of an artist, you know, a painter. Mm-hmm. A painter draws the first two-thirds of the painting people come along and are like almost like a pretty shit painting it's not enough green yeah i need more green (laughs) and more green then the painter makes the bottom half of the painting and it it doesn't fit with the others yeah yeah don't do that to a painter don't don't, don't, don't do it to a movie don't do it to a movie exactly maybe they've learned their lesson maybe they haven't we'll see with whatever lucasfilm release next well we're gonna get a ryan johnson trilogy eventually so maybe maybe Although he, right now he's writing Knives Out 2, which I'm so excited about. Oh, yeah. The very, yes. Mm. Yes. And that's the other thing as well. These creators also don't need Star Wars. Ryan Johnson, do it if you want. <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> you don't want to do it. 
Yeah. If you don't want to do it, that's fine. And the great thing about you, unlike those Game of Thrones hacks, am I right? Ooh. They won't abandon the project just to do Star Wars. No, I I stand by David Benioff and David Vice. I, I thought they were great. <laughs> They're right. Yeah. They're pretty good. And just because the last two episodes of Game of Thrones weren't my favorite ever doesn't mean the rest of the series wasn't incredible. So Yeah. <laughs> I've said that many times, though. Um, but have you got any more to say about the original Star Wars film? Because that was a huge uh, offshoot. <laughs> it was very good. Uh, what it if, was. What else have you been consuming? <laughs> uh, well, I, uh, I, and I like how they did this because I'm very much a fan of not releasing everything at once. Uh, for three days in a row, there was a new TV show made in the UK by ITV called Des. Yes. And it's available here on the streaming service Stan. And it was uh, new episodes were available daily for three days in a row. And it's the show I've been mentioning uh, in our segment that we'll have later on. <laughs> this is a show about the serial killer, real-life serial killer, called Dennis Nielsen. And in this, he's played by the wonderful David Tennant. And in 1983, he was arrested after the discovery of some human remains at his current place of residence. As it turns out, that wasn't the only person that he killed. Because he, he admitted straight away that, oh, yeah, I killed someone. Mm. It turns out that there were 15 people, and uh, he he killed them all in the same way. I won't give away how he did it and, and stuff like that, but basically he's a serial killer played superbly by David Tennant. So understated, which makes him terrifying. Mm. Actually, not even terrifying, just unsettling and gross, really. like Yeah, yeah. What's his name? Purple Man from Jessica Jones. <laughs> What's his character's name? I think it is Purple Man. Well, that's his supervillain name. Um, that's his supervillain name, but yeah, the, I'll just say Purple Man. <laughs> yeah. That's terrifying. He's a lot more aggressive and direct in that. But in this, it's just so matter-of-fact about, oh, yeah, I, I killed that many people. Mm. I can't even remember their name. Oh, Kilgrave, that's his name. Yeah, that's it. Um, but, it, yeah, like in this, he's just like, there were so many, he forgot about it. And it's like he's... It's like somebody asking you, what did you buy two weeks ago at the grocery store? And you probably go, oh, I probably got some milk, uh, cereal as well. Uh, I wanted to have spaghetti bolognese that night, so I got um, yeah. the ingredients for that. He's just so casual about it, but he's talking about carving people up and how it's cleaner to do it down by the navel as opposed to in between the rib cage and stuff like that. So well acted. Um, so is the detective who arrests him, mm. um, played by Daniel Mays, who is fantastic. Oh, yeah. I think he might be my favorite um, performance in this show, even though David Tennant is great and kind of the title character in a way, because <laughs> his nickname was Des. I thought Daniel Mays was excellent. Yeah. And there's my dog barking again. You probably heard that. <laughs> um, I've, I'm cautious about what I'll say here, because people will hear my opinions, actually, on the next episode of No Doubt. Yeah, which is out. Or is that the previous episode? Yeah, it is. It'll be out. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Be out, uh, at this point. <laughs> Something to add to my thoughts of uh, of this show that you could hear on No Doubt, um, already released, is that while everything else is really good, something I appreciated about this was it didn't go gory. It didn't have flashbacks to him killing people. Mm. It was all based on the performances. It was like watching a play in a way Yeah. where you could have easily filmed him kind of seducing these people, taking them home, etc., and then killing them. But you never see any of that sort of thing. You always just see the effects of it. And, in fact, there are a few people who um, were victims of him who didn't die, but they were attacked by him. 
Mm -hmm. and uh, you, you see the PTSD they're experiencing and stuff like that. And I think that sort of thing is so much more powerful than, like, although it's done almost comedically in Midsummer Murders, but the way you'll see, ah, oh, that's a murder weapon, and they'll always hold it up in the air <laughs> and then bring it down in this exaggerated movement. Um, <laughs> yes. But you don't see that sort of thing here, and I think that added more power to it because these actors are all so good, and mm. most of them have been in Doctor Who as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah, I just I really really liked it. I saw all three episodes, uh, an episode a day. Actually, no, I was going to the second one. I basically got interrupted, so I watched second and third in one evening. Yeah, and that worked. It was really good. Yeah, I love it, and I know you've seen it. So, uh, what do you think? If you don't mind repeating yourself from the previous episode. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, I really liked it. And I agree. I'm glad that it wasn't, yeah, quite exploitive of, yeah. uh, like, it, the show very much made a point to not be. Oh, because it's also real events, too. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's not like Tiger King. <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Like, it's not, it's not, yeah, it lets the performances speak for themselves and they are very good performances. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, very good show. Uh, if you're in Australia, check it out on Stan. If you're elsewhere in the UK, I'm sure um, ITV has a catch-up service, mm -hmm. and I don't know about America, but if you can find Des, D-E-S, available, watch it. David Tennant is wonderful. Daniel Mays is excellent. Definitely. Uh, it's got Parker from the uh, dreadful Thunderbirds movie. <laughs> it does. By the way, I've thought about that movie for a long time, and I remembered it as so much better than it was, and I kind of half-watched it, got halfway through it, oh, no. and when they started putting sound effects in fight scenes, my heart sank. <laughs> that, don't, you don't, don't rewatch that. Oh, boy. <laughs> I liked it. It's, but, <laughs> Ben Kingsley was a villain. Bill Paxton was Jeff Tracy. Why was it bad? <laughs> I'm genuinely sad it was so bad. Yeah. All I remember about that movie was, yeah, liking it when I was younger and then... Yeah. Oh, also, they there's a weird mix of really badly, sexistly sexualizing the female villain. <laughs> Vanessa Hudgens, yeah. But then mocking her for being nerdy and wearing glasses. Like, make your mind up. I mean, she is freaking rocking it in that movie she looks gorgeous but also they're making fun of people who wear glasses and stammer and have big protruding teeth who also can be freaking gorgeous as well it's like make your mind up <laughs> yeah it um yeah it's not good <laughs> i wish it was i wish it was the way i remember it being but no it's not good yeah oh that film i'm just remembering it now it's, mm -hmm. it's cringy but I mentioned that because Ron Cook is in that and he's in this and Ron yep. Cook is excellent. Yeah, definitely. Was that her first movie? Because that was before High School Musical. Hey? Uh, Vanessa Hudgens, who plays the... Oh. Yeah, the um, uh, Tintin. Mm -hmm. I think that was before High School Musical. I think so. I remember. But yeah, that's yeah. just such a weird mix. And, like, as a kid, I didn't realise how flippin', like disrespectful it is to completely sexualize her and then maybe tease oh she's got a brain too don't worry about that but then <laughs> yeah i don't know just uh, not good anyway complete yeah. tangent des is good watch des <laughs> yep definitely <laughs> all right um speaking of tv shows i've got Ooh. one to mention as well Mm -hmm. uh, as I said last week, I watched the first two episodes of Miss America, Mrs. America, uh, the FX miniseries available on 
uh, Foxtel here or Binge, which is the uh, affordable Foxtel <laughs> catch-up service. The one that's not $30 to just watch sports. Ugh. It's it's about uh, Kate Blanchett, who plays a character called Phyllis Shafley, who is uh, a conservative politician who finds a way to become more popular, more powerful, and that is to be opposed to the Equal Rights Amendment. So it's set during the early to mid-70s. Um, and yeah, it's her being quite opposed to the ERA. And and you see her go up against people who are for it, played by Rose Brine, uh, who plays Gloria Steinman, um, who was one of the lead activists at the time, I think you'd say, for this sort of stuff. There's also uh, Shirley Chrisome, who is running for president, played by Uzo Abduba uh, from uh, Orange is the New Black. She played... Yeah. Um, originally the character's name was Crazy Eyes, but then they went, that's a little bit insensitive. So they started calling her by the character's actual name after that, uh, which was Suzanne. And it's great to see her again. And Sarah Paulson is in it as well uh, as one of Kate Blanchett's friends. So um, yeah, it's 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 okay. It's okay. As soon as it started, and you you have Kate Blanchett on James Marsden's TV show, I went. <laughs> well, first of all, it's James Marsden in another role like this. He only does two roles. He does comedy roles in movies where he's playing opposite a CGI character, mm-hmm. or he does roles in TV shows where he's very unlikable and just toxic masculinity personified. But incredibly attractive in both. He is amazing <laughs> in both of them. He is, he is. so good. He's so good. <laughs> and yeah, the the performances are all pretty good. Like Kate Blanchett is um, excellent in this role. Kate Blanchett. <laughs> She's just yeah, great. I mean... As you would expect, Rose Brian's okay. She's okay. She's pretty unrecognizable. She's she's yeah. got uh, what I assume is a very long wig on with glasses. <laughs> so a lot of her face is covered up for most of this in the very seventies fashion. But the performance is pretty good. Pretty understated for the most part. Every now and then she she's allowed to perform a little bit more than you would expect for this character but i think i think it's pretty well done i don't know it's not particularly interesting oh <laughs> that's the problem with this show is i think it's it's trying to like the problem is i don't know if it knows exactly what it wants to be about because we already know that the era passed hmm. so we spend a lot of the time focusing on kate blanchett who's opposed for it and we already know that what she's doing isn't going to go the way that she wants necessarily. Mm -hmm. And so it becomes a character piece about her and about why she's doing this. But then for the majority of the show, from the two episodes I've seen, it focuses on other characters. Oh, okay. So I'm not in touch. Like maybe the further you get into the series that changes, but at the moment, I'm just like I'm not fu- like it's it's enjoyable and it's well made and it's incredibly well acted, but I'm just I'm just not invested at all, really. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I I don't know if I'm going to continue it. Like it, it's gotten amazing reviews and I'm sure it's going to like sweep the Emmys and stuff because you know it's Kate Blanchett, of course it's going to you know sweep <laughs> the Emmys. <laughs> but it's not particularly something that I'm that invested in which is weird because i thought i would be just based off the cast and i I think the the concept is really good but you're not really getting into 
Shafley's state of mind during this. It's very much like it's very much like a movie. It's like a biopic that would come out around Oscar season and be like an hour and a half long and kind of like retell the tale of the ERA. Except this is mm. nine hours long and there's just not enough there to really hold your attention for that long. I think I don't know. Um, like maybe there's some twists and turns that they introduce. But yeah, at this stage, I'm just like, I'm just watching it and going, it's enjoyable, but I don't really, I'm not not super invested in any of these arcs. Hmm. Fair enough. I don't don't know if I'm going to go back to it, but we'll see. Hmm. We will see. Uh, Have you got anything else? I sure do. Um, Something I was actually trying to finish last night, but it's longer than I expected, which I'm not complaining about at all. Uh, And something I'm definitely invested in is Uncharted 4. Oh, very nice. Yes. I said it to you, and oddly enough, I've thought a lot of the games I've played are really beautiful. Like, Spider-Man on PS4 looks great. Really well done. Makes New York City look beautiful, especially in the sunset scenes. Just amazing. Mm-hmm. I think The Last of Us Part Two is beautiful, storytelling-wise and visually. But in a weird way, I think Uncharted 4 is the most visually beautiful game I've played on PS4. Okay. It's just kind of blowing me away. At least yeah. the locations are. I don't know, I think it just looks great. And the story, I completely agree with how you've summed it up previously. It's a Neil Druckmann game, so it's <laughs> got a story. <laughs> yeah. um, the other Uncharted games have been fun, but this is blowing them out of the water in terms of how much I'm invested. Although it has, <laughs> I've just reached a moment, I don't think I'll even say it, but I reckon you'll pick up on it. It was a very typical Uncharted moment where I've just uh, realized that I've been duped. <laughs> <laughs> oh right yes of course there's gonna be one, at least one where what you're actually against me <laughs> there's gonna be at least one exactly yeah yes <laughs> i mean number three was just made up of them really <laughs> yeah well you're with me you're against me you're with me you're against me i mean that game was called drake's deception wasn't it like that was the line it was i mean uncharted yes. drake's deception and the entire game is just people backstabbing each other <laughs> true very very true um <laughs> yeah but this is just ah uh, it's the best bits of Uncharted and The Last of Us franchise, not just part two, come together, and it's a pretty magnificent game, really. Like The physics of it just feels so good to play. The idea that they've introduced the grappling hook mm-hmm. is so much fun. There was a bit in... Was it Scotland? Yeah, it was in Scotland. I got a bit sick of sliding down the hills that you could slide down. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah. Because it was just every second hill you had to slide down it and then traverse over a cliff, but after that, I even don't mind those features where you have to sometimes endanger yourself by sliding down something that could lead to your death to then get to the next point. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of fun, and that's all down to the physics and the gameplay, so they've improved that beyond what it was. The stealth in this, I actually completed an entire encounter doing stealth, which uh, I never managed with 2 and 3, mm-hmm. but that was a lot of fun. And the best bit has got to be the story. Yeah, definitely. And the characters of Sam and Nathan Drake, who I really, really like. And uh, it's going to be interesting to see how their story wraps up because there's been a a bit of a shake-up go on. And that's Mm. all I'll say. (laughs) Yeah, 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 definitely. Yes, you are at a very exciting point in the game. Yes. Oh, yeah. And you were right. You do slide down a lot of heels. (laughs) I like how there's... I think there's a line at some point where Drake goes, oh, another heel, all right. (laughs) Exactly. Sam said, yeah, I've still got gravel in my ass from the last one or something like that. Yeah. In my pants. He doesn't say ass, but he says in my pants or something like that. Yeah, that's good. 
very good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, it's, it's really good. I'm weirdly on edge about one of our currently four main characters. Maybe one won't make it out alive. Mm. Although I did get that feeling for number three that maybe Sully wouldn't make it out alive. They were really pushing that home. <laughs> yeah. Like there was a line where, you know, he'd follow you to the ends of the earth. Don't take advantage of that. And I thought, oh, are you setting it up that he's going to die? And they tease that <laughs> as well, actually. <laughs> they do, they do. But yeah, it's very good game. No, three and four, I think, might be my favorites. But especially four yeah. is my favorite so far. Yeah, I think, ooh, I think maybe two and four might be my... Oh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I'm not sure. I'm not as invested as everyone else because I've just been basically binging them if you can binge games but yeah i've just been going through them all so i'm not i haven't had years to kind of fall in love and, and marvel how i'm sure at the time two was a step up from number one and then three everyone oh, would yeah. have been going oh this is a masterpiece um <laughs> but at the moment four is superior in a lot of ways to all of them oh yeah <laughs> yeah four is yeah. definitely the best one yeah mm-hmm. okay I don't know how much more I can say without spoiling it. And when we're done, let's tease that. We're planning on doing an Uncharted special um, where we talk about all of them and uh, maybe get someone else who's played them before to come on the show and uh, join yes. in on that one. Because it's always fun to do that. Yeah, we're planning it. Um, it should happen. Yeah. If it doesn't, uh, uh, yep. <laughs> then this tease is redundant. But well, actually, I'm sure we'll do an Uncharted special anyway, whether or not we can get the guest. We'll see. Exactly. I've got to play Lost Legacy. Now, that's uh, that's my list now. So, uh, okay. Have you consumed anything else? I've got one one more thing hmm. uh, that is also a video game that I have put a couple hours into. Started playing Ooh. Ghosts of Tsushima. Ooh. Which I think I bought about a month ago and just didn't start playing. But now I have. It's very good. Awesome. It's very, very, very good. Hmm. I was expecting it to be kind of dark souls-esque in terms of combat but it really isn't it it's very similar in fact to the arkham games to the batman and arkham games it's, it's a lot of waiting for enemies to attack you then dodging then going in while they're distracted that sort of stuff and facing off with like multiple enemies at the same time as well um so you've got these rather large action set pieces where people just surround you very very similar to yeah to the arkham games uh which i Mm. think is very cool the combat is so much fun it's super satisfying Mm. uh there's multiple uh stances that you can that you you can unlock during the game and they all kind of have their own things so like one of them is really good against shields one of them is really good against like spears okay yeah and so you kind of uh go into certain um conflicts Mm. and you can plan them to a point by picking a certain stance that you want to like main during that that sequence which is very fun um i love that the game has got a kurosara mode where you can play the game (laughs) uh in its original language in black and white with subtitles with film grain i love that (laughs) it's so good Mm. Mm. and then if you play that on like extreme difficulty or something like that it gets rid of the hud i believe i think it does yeah i've heard about that <laughs> it's good it's good speaking of the hud i was very surprised there's no map there's no map in this game at all huh. there is a a world view in the in the options menu where you can pick where you want to go but then once you're in the game you follow the wind to your oh, yes. destination which leads to mm. I think it. I think it just helps you explore a lot better because yeah, I just 
I just really love, like that. Because you're actually investing in it. You need to look at what's around you. Yeah. And you can fast travel to, like, villages and stuff that you have already been to. But <laughs> for the most part, yeah, you're just following the wind to your next destination. I think that's mm. very cool. From what I've heard and all of the screenshots I've seen, like, heaps of screenshots, you don't want to fast travel, kind of like with Spider-Man, because as Spider-Man, why would you fast travel? You can swing. <laughs> Exactly. And in this, it's just so gorgeous that you you want to just witness yeah. the beauty of it. it. It looks like a stunning game. It looks amazing, yeah. Uh, just you can see every blade of grass just flowing in the wind, which is fantastic. Wow. Just stuff like that. Yeah, it looks great. The character models aren't amazing. They're not as good mm-hmm. as something like Last of Us, but, you know, Last of Us is a triple A title with all of the money and time behind it and i believe that's one of the things that they were not bragging about it's one of the things they worked incredibly hard on and achieved yes is the fidelity of the face yes in last of us so exactly exactly they're allowed to have really good (laughs) character models yeah yeah (laughs) whereas yeah like with this it's very much more, more the gameplay and the world uh which is all Fantastic. The only thing that I don't love is how whenever you enter a cutscene, it kind of fades to black and then fades back in. It's not as seamless. Uh, It feels a little bit early PS4 Mm -hmm. days, although I'm saying that maybe even PS3. Um, I'm not entirely sure why, why, why they made that decision, and it's not a bad decision. It doesn't, you know, take you out of the game or anything. It's just something that I noticed and went, that feels a little dated how they are doing that. There are sequences where, particularly in the opening, where a cutscene does connect directly to gameplay. Usually if you're like riding a a, a horse, the letterboxed mode will expand to full screen and then you've got control or something. But Mm. uh, yeah, whenever you enter a conversation, even if it's just like a conversation with someone on the road that doesn't really like mean anything, it's, there's no plot significance mm. at all. You just want to talk to the peasants, which is what they're called <laughs> in the game. Peasants. Uh, if you want to do that, it fades to black and then starts the cutscene, which I find interesting. But, yeah, it's very good. Combat's excellent. I like mm. it a lot. Story's pretty good. It's pretty interesting. It's not like something like Uncharted where I'm necessarily invested in the story to the point where I'm going to finish everything about it. I'm mainly mm. going through this, yeah, for the gameplay and for the combat. I think that is really the main driving force of the game. And then the story is, it's its an objective. <laughs> it's an objective to complete. <laughs> so, yeah. And I'm only maybe like five hours into it, so I'll keep... Oh, yeah. I'll keep plugging away at that. Um, mm. Might finish it next week. I don't know. I don't know. But anyway, I think that might be the episode. I think so. I'm, I've come to the end of my list. It's time for, hey, so you've heard about the stuff that we have consumed. Here's what we want to consume. (laughs) (laughs) What's some stuff that you want to, that you want to get through during the week? Oh, um, I want to think I'm I'm close to finishing um, Uncharted 4. So I'd like to finish that. Mm -hmm. So I'll consume some more of that. I think I want to watch some more Doom Patrol. Mm -hmm. Maybe an episode or two. And then I think I'm going to try to watch Arrival ah. by Denis Villeneuve because I'm very much becoming a fan and I've managed to get my hands on it. Mm-hmm. That's very cool. 
Yes, I've heard so much about it. it it's apparently uh, a fantastic watch. Oh, it is. Yes. Yeah. That's good. What about you? What would you like to consume? Sorry. We've heard what you want to consume. I mean, you, <laughs> never mind. Never mind. <laughs> what is it again? Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah that. Yeah, that. Okay. <laughs> uh, what, what, what do I want to do? Um, keep playing Ghosts. Mm-hmm. Uh, keep watching Doom Patrol. Got a lot of comics I've got to get through. Keep reading Dune. About halfway through that at the moment. Things are picking up. Things are picking up. I'm getting more invested. So, oh, excellent. Um, I might read more because, like, with the Stephen King books, I was reading like eighty to a hundred pages a day. With this, I'm reading like thirty to forty. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's it's taking me a lot longer. But uh, yeah, I I might be done with that by next week. We'll see. I want to I want to watch Ratchet on. On Netflix, which I think mm. we're going to be reviewing on the main show next week. We'll see. The one flew over the cuckoo's nest prequel thing that looks like a season of American Horror Story because it's Sarah Paulson and Ryan Murphy. So, uh, yeah, I'm oh, not entirely right, sure yeah. uh, if it's going to be good, mm. but I'm intrigued enough to watch it. So, yeah, that's pretty much everything, though. Oh, and uh, The the Devil all of the time as well, or whatever oh, that yes. movie's called. I still, I still want to watch that. Tom Holland, Sebastian Stan, uh, Robert Pattinson, Ro- Robert Bat... Batten Bat... Um, <laughs> yeah, I want to see that too, actually. Yeah, it's getting pretty good reception for the most part, yeah. uh, particularly for the performances, you know, which is the main reason I want to watch it. So, yeah. Mm. Yes, likewise. Um, also seems Robert has recovered from his bout of COVID-19 and have resumed filming Batman. The Batman, sorry. Yes. Yes. The Batman. It's so it's so good because he's already wearing a mask for most of that movie. <laughs> it's true. Oh, wait. It's covering up the wrong, wrong part parts. of the face there. <laughs> and also, as somebody pointed out, the virus went from bat to man to the Batman. <laughs> I saw that as well. Oh, dear. <laughs> Very yes. good. <laughs> uh, he's great. He's great. Yes, I'm glad he's recovered. Yes, exactly. Um, but I think that might be the episode there. So let's wrap it up. Uh, as always, thank you for listening. If you have been consuming any of the stuff that we have done, if you've played all of the Uncharted games Ooh, yeah. and want to get in early on our Uncharted special, uh, send us an email. Let us know what your favourites are, your favourite moments, your favourite characters, your favourite reveals of incredibly uh rendered and designed betrayals i was gonna say (laughs) landscapes but betrayals works as well but the landscapes are gorgeous but especially in number four but yeah yeah tell us tell us everything (laughs) you can email us at feedback.nerdout at gmail.com Mm. Um, but yes, let us know what you think. Uh, feedback.nerdout at gmail.com. Links to everything in the description, as always. Check out my other podcast, Ollie Buddy Goody, this week. We do a British werewolf movie called The Company of Wolves, and it was real weird. Uh, so check that out if you want. And that is everything, I think. So until next week, when we continue to talk about things that we've consumed, and then when we have talked about things that we've consumed, talk about things that we want to consume, it's just an endless cycle that we're going to be doing until we die. <laughs> Pretty much. Until next week where we continue that cycle. Uh, Don't forget to nerd out. Farewell. And um, goodbye.